This is WNXS News with your anchors, Kit Harding, Jake E, ISO on Esports, and Diz on Product Forecast. Welcome to WNXS News. I'm Jake E. And I'm Kit Harding. Thank you for joining us. Our top story, Wizards has announced their intention to dissolve the Pro and Rivals Leagues after the 2021-2022 season. This came from an announcement stating they would be focusing more on the gathering aspect of Magic the Gathering. We're still waiting for the details of this plan, but here's what we know so far. Wizards will let this competitive season finish out using the current structure of set championships. However, there will be no league weekends or gauntlet through that season. Since this is the final season for Pro and Rivals Leagues, the members won't be competing for their spots as in previous tournaments. Instead, they'll be competing for entry into the World Championship, which will feature a prize pool of $250,000. Multiple sources from Wizards, including Mark Rosewater and Blake Rasmussen, have confirmed that there will still be high-level competitive events like the Grand Prix, Pro Tour, and PPTQs, but effectively said that, quote, being a pro-magic player, end quote, was no longer going to be possible. When questioned, Rosewater stated that less than 10% of magic players did so competitively, but enfranchised players were still very important to the company and were the group the design team spent the most time working for. The announcement of the league's ending after this season was met with a wide array of community reactions, almost all decidedly negative. Many current league members spoke out about how this was sudden and effectively terminated their ability to use magic as a career path. Many other players reacted with open mockery, giving obituaries similar to those the Magic Esports Twitter put out the last time players were removed via tournament elimination. The initial announcement was also so light on detail, many players thought organized play was being completely done away with. One reaction that made a particular splash came from Zvi Moshowitz, noted pro player and Magic Hall of Fame member. In an article on Cool Stuff Inc., he decried the shift to streaming and the player as entertainer, which he feels has moved Magic away from a culture of excellence and winning. All you need to do is look at the arena ladder to see a culture of winning, especially with the number of things banned for being so good at winning, they aren't any fun. I mostly play in-person pre-releases, so I wouldn't know. What, no arena for the pandemic? I've been playing webcam magic with friends. <laughs> so you're on the same side as Sarah Sophia's article on the problems with grinder culture? Something like that. It was a good article, one that not only focuses on what happens when you get in really deep and can't quite make the jump to pro, but also discusses the fact that large-scale tournaments don't only come from Wizards of the Coast. The Star City game series might not have the same worldwide reach as the official Wizards of the Coast tournaments, but it does have excellent production values and quite a large following. Maybe I'll start watching it. Oddly enough, the Pro Tour announcement wasn't the only poorly handled competitive feature from the last two weeks. The most recent qualifier weekend started off fine, but day two had players scratching their heads as they logged in to see that instead of the scheduled standard registration, the listed format was historic. 
When players started asking for direction, the only response from the esports Twitter was to enter with a standard deck and keep playing until further notice, which was done by players, as asked. Then Wizards reset the win-loss records of Day 2 completely and restarted the event under the correct format. While prizes that had been earned to that point were paid out, this still forced players who wanted to go the distance to have to play even more rounds after an already full weekend. The Day 2 window was rebooted to include that Monday, but needless to say, this left a bitter taste in the mouths of many players. Despite all appearances, not all competitive magic news has been this dismal. Iso here will tell us why. Iso? Well, for starters, the historic format is loaded with shakeups. The biggest one is hands down the banning of Fassa's Oracle. The ban came about due to the card's prevalence in the format, particularly as part of a two-card combo alongside Tainted Pact. The stats don't lie, and they showed this combo in 50% of the decks in the most recent league weekend. Between the combo and the expectation of more problems in the format down the line, the rules team saw no choice but to ban the card from the format. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the card. I sold out of the Legacy format a little bit ago, but decided to keep one deck, and that deck uses Thassa's Oracle as its primary win condition. So, I think it goes without saying that if the card is Legacy viable, there's huge potential for it to be problematic in formats with a much lower power ceiling. Where will that leave Historic? Well, that'll depend largely on the effect Historic Anthology 5 has on the meta. Now that we have the full set revealed, we can expect some wild brews. The new update will inject some seriously intense cards into the format, especially the marquee cards. All five of the original Praetors from New Phyresia. Right alongside them are the five commands from the Dragons of Tarkir, and some support cards for various strategies like Intangible Virtue, Grizzly Salvage, and Into the North. The bundle is available May 27th through August 12th, giving players plenty of time to pick it up. So what's the next big event on the horizon? That would be the Strixhaven Set Championship, which is held June 4th to 6th. This will consist of 15 total Swiss rounds, 8 of which are traditional standard, whereas the other 7 will be traditional historic. These rounds will be followed by a double elimination bracket of traditional historic for the top 8 playoff to determine the set champion. Jank? With the rise of webcam magic over the last year, one service has stepped forward as a crucial, unknown need and that is Infinite Tokens. Megan from Infinite Tokens was kind enough to sit down and have a conversation with me about their business. I'm here with Megan from Infinite Tokens, who has been gracious enough to sit down with us. Megan, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It is our pleasure. Um, why don't we get the ball rolling with you telling us a little bit about who you are, how you got into magic, and uh, how you got to, to, be, to do Infinite Tokens. Um, I dabbled a little bit with Magic in the mid-90s. I don't think I ever fully knew how to play. I just really enjoyed the art. Although it was very, the art was pretty hit and miss back then. But I really enjoyed the art. I tried to play it a little bit, but mostly just kind of collected a couple. Unfortunately, nothing that's worth anything now. But um, And then about six years ago or so, I used it to get to know some coworkers at the time. It was sort of a conversation piece, and I'm like, this is kind of fun. And then I kept doing it, and I fell in love with Commander, and then I've been playing since. Now, the way Infinite Tokens came about is that I have a terrible memory. And what happened was, is I would be using tokens, and my opponent would be using tokens, but they would be using, like, a die and an upside-down magic card, and in one case, a dart, 
That was one of them. Sometimes they'd use like a wallet, except I'd lose track of the wallet. Like, okay, the wallet's sitting over on the left-hand side, and I didn't see that it had a blocker open because that blocker was a wallet. Like, oh, wait, I forgot that was supposed to be a magic card. <laughs> and they'd have a die that was... <laughs> and then they'd have a die that's sitting on a two. Like, okay, this one's a two-two, but this one is two... This die that's sitting on a two is two one ones. And then this one has flying, and that one has death touch. I'm like, I can't. I'm trying to remember what's on my field and, and what I want to do next. I can't keep track of what's on everybody else's field. So I, what I did was I said, you know what? I think I could, I think dry erase would be pretty good for this. So I took, so I made some just prototypes of dry erase cards. And these were just for me. I just wanted to use them. And so what I would do is I would actually give the, because the opponents were friends. So I would just give it to them and be like, all right, here, you know, just put it on this. Sometimes they'd have fun. Sometimes you just write it. Sometimes they'd have fun drawing things. Usually had fun drawing things on them. But they're like, oh, these are really cool. I want some of these. And so enough people had were interested in them. So I said, you know what? I'm going to try to make these. So I had them. So I just had like a very small run made. And I packaged them up and people were interested and people were buying them. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go a little bit bigger scale. Not really big, still maybe 500 at a time and maybe 1,000 at a time. Those are individual cards too, not like 1,000 packs, just 1,000 individual cards. Like I would package them up myself and all of like, it all be counted out by hand, packaged up and uh, like in these certain bags and I'd be putting stickers on it. It was, it was a lot of, individual work for it at the time and so it started growing more and more so I started get making I started making them in bigger batches and selling them on Etsy and then it just started growing from there and I was trying to be part of the community and getting to know people because I also love magic and love to continue playing it and it just sort of started growing and getting bigger and kind of took off and when the pandemic hit and it was already it was already well established before the pandemic, but once the pandemic hit, people were like, "Oh, hey, these are pretty useful for it." So, got a significant upsurge <laughs> during the <laughs> pandemic. But the main thing is, I was really happy that I could help people because I'd see a lot of people saying, "Oh, I can't play this deck that steals cards, and I can't play this deck that does such and such." And once they had infinite tokens, they're like, "Oh, hey, I can play all of these things." <laughs> like I can steal my opponent's cards or copy my opponent's things and not have to have the actual physical card. Like this is great. And you can put a card on top. Like if your opponent enchants one of your creatures, you could put the enchantment on top of it. And a lot of people also have fun with it. And that was also the nice thing with the pandemic is people being able to kind of have fun with each other and make, make light jokes in a time that was pretty dark. <laughs> That's a uh, very mild way to put that. Um, yeah, just a little bit. A couple things going on. Yeah. Um, once the pandemic hit and uh, and it did really take off like it did, did you have to adapt the way you handle the business at all to keep up? And if so, how, how so? Um, yes, kind of had to <laughs> start getting a little more organized and... Um, there's about 
four of us right now. So it's still, it's a lot for four people at the moment because it's still kind of growing, but had to get significantly more organized and getting everything together and have to plan ahead a lot more for new batches because it takes a while. <laughs> so having to do a lot more planning ahead and figuring things out and trying to anticipate like, okay, if we have an unanticipated surge, let's see what we, we want to be prepared for that because that's why it was out of stock sometimes because it's like, Oh shoot. This, you know, I had something over the weekend that just kind of went through the roof and we ran out a lot sooner than we thought we were going to. So basically like the first couple of years of magic actually being printed, they, uh, they ran out yeah, pretty, pretty quick. much. Okay. Um, this one's kind of a businessy question. I think, um, have you actually got infant tokens patented? Um, you can't really do a patent with this kind of thing because it's too common. Gotcha. Like, I mean, you can't patent really a piece of paper or just a singular dry erase surface. So, and it's Fair. something that other people have made before, but I, I wanted to do high quality ones that are specifically geared towards magic. And they're also higher quality than other cards. Like there's, there's other ones that are cheaper, but they're also cheaper. And uh, so I wanted to make high quality ones that didn't just have the printing on them. They're also thicker and more durable and can erase a lot more. So I wanted to have something that, rather than going something with something super cheap and it'll kind of work. I wanted to focus more on quality. Like, okay, it's okay if I sell less because I want the ones that I do sell to be good quality. Like that I wasn't concerned about, Oh my God, we have to sell everything to everybody. It's like, no, I'd rather keep it smaller and better quality. Have any larger companies like uh, any like wizards themselves or anybody like that reach out to do any sort of, or to attempt any sort of partnership with you? Um, Card Kingdom has custom cards made through Infinite Tokens. So they are official Infinite Tokens products. So Card Kingdom has a set of it's their own design on it, mm-hmm. but they're regular they're real Infinite Tokens, so they have the same quality and everything. So they sell those on their site. Oh, okay. Um, speaking of partnerships, and not, not oh, wizards themselves, but I'm not right. sure if they necessarily would want to, if because they print their own tokens. But I would love if they wanted to approach and do something, do their own branded ones. That would be amazing. And I would be all for it. <laughs> that makes complete sense. Um, speaking of partnerships, there are a lot of companies that do magic accessories or single sales like Ultra Pro, TCG Player, and Card Kingdom who work with content creators and do have partnerships or referral code programs. Uh, is that something that you've considered getting involved with? Um, I am extremely flattered that you would put in infinite tokens with all of those giants. <laughs> that that feels kind of that feels pretty amazing that you would put it in there. But I would love to do that eventually. I, we're not quite at that level yet, but I would like to try to work out maybe kind of a referral system. But it's working with Etsy and trying to get that to work logistically. 
is a hard part. I may have to do it maybe a little bit more manually. I just haven't sorted it out yet. It might have to be something as simple as, you know, like just leave this, leave this code in the notes or something like that. And so I would know where to send it. So, but getting that sorted out and also figuring out who, because there's so many content creators that are just so supportive. It's like, how do you, how do you figure out which, how do you pick just a couple? <laughs> like, <laughs> you don't want to leave anybody out, but you can't cover everybody. <laughs> um, not with partnerships, but have you considered, or I don't know how feasible this is, but have you considered uh, trying to reach out and possibly distributing through local game stores or anything like that? It's definitely something I want to do. It's not something that's quite ready yet. I still have to make sure we can kind of catch up with the current uptick first, but that is something that I would definitely like to do. I've offered, I've done it a couple times with some smaller places, but I would like to do it with, uh, with local game stores and everything. I think that would be awesome. It's just working at making sure the packaging is fully retail ready because it has to get a barcode and everything. So there's some more logistics that I need to work out first. Okay. But we're getting there, hopefully. Uh, you've got the base, you've got the base tokens. You've got the Card Kingdom versions of them. You also have the smaller uh, counter tokens, uh, the mm-hmm. circular round ones. Do you have any other new products that are on the horizon? And if so, would you be willing to give us a hint? Well, one that I'm not sure we're going to go through with is I wanted to do dry erase deck box labels. The difficulty, I've been testing them a lot and the difficult, because I do have some and I'm still testing them, just not sure if I'm fully happy with it because it can work to a degree. But since I've developed infinite tokens as, you know, high quality, if I have something that doesn't quite work right, that doesn't, you know, I don't want that to be part of the line, but I do have the original idea with the dry erase because you wouldn't want to use just dry erase markers on it because if you grab the box, it would rub off. So I was thinking you could use wet erase markers because those become semi-permanent. Like if you want to create a a semi-permanent proxy, you would just draw with wet erase marker, put it on the card, just let it dry and then sleeve it. And then it's going to stay. And then you can just take it off with rubbing alcohol. But with the box covers, it depends on the color. If you and if you rub it really hard, it will still come off. So it, it does take like kind of jamming your thumb into it and kind of mushing a little bit to get it to come off. But I still mm-hmm. don't like that that happens. So it, it's tough because I don't because they're not they don't work perfectly. So I don't really want to sell them like that. But it's not that they wouldn't work. Does that make sense? Right. I'm not sure if it's something that will end up working. If the mm-hmm. will logist- <clears throat> if it will functionally work. Okay. But we'll see how that goes. I have some other ideas that I don't want to share yet. But one of them might be for some other games, like D&D, things like that. So okay, those will be in the future. All right, that uh, just about wraps it up for us. Where can your potential customers or anyone who just wants to follow your Twitter find you? Um, you can find me on infinitokens.com. And also at the bottom of the site includes all of the all of the social media links. You can also find 
it on Twitter as just Infinitokens. Instagram, it has some underscores in there because I wanted to include Infinitokens dry erase cart, dry erase tokens. So you just search Infinitokens on Instagram and you'll find it. Okay. But those Sounds are the like places to find them or on your mm-hmm. local friendly stream. <laughs> often popping up in different Twitch chats, so you might you might see Infinite Tokens hanging around. All right. Well, uh, thank you again so much for speaking with us. Thanks again to Megan from Infinite Tokens for joining me for that interview. Spoiler season for Modern Horizons 2 has begun, and on its heels, more info about adventures in the Forgotten Realms. Diz will fill us in after this break. This Thursday at twitch.tv slash MTG Nexus, we've got EDH with regulars Kabri, Lionheart, and Cryogen facing off against EDH Great Jim from the Spike Field. These four titans are sure to sling spells and bust out massive creatures. Thursday at 8.30 EST. Be there or don't. Welcome back. Now I'll go over to Diz to give us the spoilers. Diz? Thanks, Jake. This set promised us some reprints the community would love, and boy did they deliver. We've already seen the counterspell is included, and now Cabal Coffers gets his first appearance in Modern. Brand new cards are making their way into the format as well, like Profane Tutor, which suspends for one and a black, and, well, tutors. And during initial announcements, we were told that a character who'd so far only had a legendary card would be getting a Planeswalker. This was finally revealed to be Dacon Blackblade in the form of Dacon Shadow Slayer. So Dakin Blackblade has a new card, meaning he's Dakin Backblade? Technically, yes, but that pun was inexcusable. There are plenty of spoilers still to come, but we've seen new dinosaurs, the return of Kavu, and new cards with old mechanics like Evoke and Landwalk. Of course, this set is only one of two summer sets with Adventures of the Forgotten Realms slated for July. We've seen some pretty famous characters like Lolf the Spider Queen as a 5-mana planeswalker and Bernard Battlehammer as a red-white dwarf with some equipment support. Also, squirrels? But didn't we hear some legends about a Drizzt card? Yes, yes we did. He's here as a green-white elf ranger, bringing in a token of his legendary cat companion. We haven't seen much more yet, but if the rest of the set is anything like this, players have a lot to look forward to when full spoilers start June 29th. Kit? Thanks, Diz. Fans of the Elish Norn Phyrexian Text Judge promo from several years back received good news as well. It's coming to Arena and getting a reprint in an upcoming Secret Lair drop. The date hasn't yet been released for the Secret Lair drop, but it will contain Elish Norn and the other four Praetors from New Phyrexia, all in Phyrexian script. The Phyrexian versions will also be available on Magic Arena when the Historic Anthology set releases at the end of May. Magic players are proving just how much they're willing to support independent creators through Kickstarter, as the latest campaign from Alter Sleeves, partnering with Mythic Gaming, has taken off. This project focuses on bringing special edition inner sleeves, usually with thematic borders or artwork, to the backers. The initial goal was for $64,000, but the final number was nearly double that, blasting through all of the stretch goals. 
Alter Sleeves worked in conjunction with community member Tappy Toe Claws to bring a Joyra-themed set of sleeves. And through stretch goals, backers also had access to themes like Goblins, drawn by Jeff Lovenstein, and a science fiction set drawn by artist The Dinkleist. The campaign relied on backer votes to determine which frames would be produced, giving backers a surprising level of control. Obviously, it worked out well. Without a doubt, yes. With this and Seb McKinnon's recent success, we have to wonder what's next for the community with Kickstarter. Don't forget the repeated success of channels like The Command Zone with their playmats and Commander's Brew with their gameplay series Battle of the Brews. That's right. So the field is definitely open and clearly built to help creators succeed. I'm looking forward to seeing what's next. Same here. Magic has accidentally found itself mentioned in the same breath as American politics, thanks to one congresswoman with the same initials as the game. This has led to some accidental confusion when searching on platforms such as Twitter, where the hashtags for the game and this congresswoman overlap. I know it's definitely gotten harder to gauge the community mood when researching episodes. Because everything's on Twitter now. Everything. Including other politicians. Alexandria Oscasio-Cortez has been interacting with the community and the official Magic Twitter as well. This drew lots of attention from community members, many of whom immediately asked her to join their streams. Honestly, I'd be interested to see what type of decks she would play. Is it a little too on the nose to guess a politics deck? Only a little, but still yes. Our final story. May is known as International Mental Health Month, slated to bring awareness and understanding to mental health struggles. Friends of WNXS News, the Goblin Lore Pod, have spent this month speaking with guests about different types of challenges and struggles. This led to the spreading mm-hmm. of the MTG Mental Health hashtag, allowing players to be open with their own struggles and show others who also wrestle with these same challenges are not alone. The podcast has also been running a giveaway, allowing people to send them proof of a donation to a mental health charity or organization to enter. The prize is, unsurprisingly, a Goblin EDH deck that has quite a few value cards. Details about the giveaway can be found on their Twitter, at GoblinLorePod. That's all this edition. We'll see you next time. Same time, new news.